Hollywood Live Extra with Tanya Hart. I'm Tanya Hart. And today we are chatting with the one and only Jesse Campbell. Yeah, you remember that name. He was the phenomenal talent, best known from NBC's The Voice. And you know what? During his blind audition, he is only the second artist in the history of the show to turn around all four of the judges. Well, Jesse's story is one of triumph over tragedy. He's here to talk about that, but also about his latest music project, which I got to tell you, I've been listening to some Jesse Campbell, and I love it because you are bringing back the funk and the R&B. Hi, Jesse. Hey, 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 hey. <laughs> What's happening? That's such a beautiful intro. Thank you. I feel so special. You are special. <laughs> you really are. <laughs> How have you been, first of all? You doing good? Yeah, I've been doing exceptionally well. You know, we all have the ups and downs to deal with, but, you know, my faith and um, my love for my daughter and uh, music has brought me through and it just really helps me to find and focus on the good and just learn from the bad and just keep it moving. That's the thing. Just got to keep it moving. So therefore, I am good. You know what? It's interesting because your music does that for other people too, honey, just so you know. Thank you. (laughs) That's the whole idea here. And in fact, um, I I have to admit, I was jamming to some Jesse this morning. Uh, the, The single, which actually came out in 2017, can't live mm-hmm. without your love, but you, but you're still, you know, you're hitting it on the Billboard Adult R&B charts. So, yeah, love it. Tell me about that song. Well, you know what? Yeah, I've been working with uh, different musicians, and some things work out and some things don't. And one producer in particular, uh, his name is Emil Gantos. He and I, we have a great chemistry, and um, he listens to what I have to say, and and he, he tries everything, and he does everything that I asked. And there was only one thing where he didn't do, and that was just a volume thing. But because he listened to me as an artist, and I respect him as a producer, we came up with this great song. But the reason it came up is because we were working on another song, which we just finished on last Friday, and it's called Hard. And it's how we have the tendency to make things so much more difficult than they need to be. And Mm. while we were on a break, he said, oh, dude, I got to play this other track for you. And he played the music to what is now known as Can't Live Without Your Love. But he said, how would it be after I wrote an immediate uh, 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 melody to it? How would it be if instead of making things so much more difficult than they need to be, making things hard, how, how would it be if you couldn't live without that woman's love? And that's how the song came about. Oh, what a beautiful story. And, and, you know, the thing about music, and it's always been universal, for no matter what language, no matter what, a good song generally is a love song, period. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. Mm-hmm. Because everybody experiences love in some way, shape, form, or fashion. Right, or lack of it. <laughs> and then that's a problem, too. <laughs> that's true. That's a good one. Yeah, but okay. So now, I also know that you did recently a cover of Ain't No Sunshine, which, oh. you know, of course, is the great Bill Withers song. Uh, is it Bill yeah. Withers? Yes. Right. Yeah, that's right. right? Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. I don't yeah, okay. I was like, oh, I'm thinking this off the top of my head. No, it's a great Bill Withers song. Um, you know, when you cover something like that, what kind of pressure does that put on you? Well, you know, I I like to be true, you know, to stay true to 
the original. But at the same time, I just add a little bit of, you know, my own flavor. And the thing about it is, see, I learned from, you know, people like Luther Vandross and, and Michael Jackson and Sarah Vaughn, who were my favorites, and Marvin Winans when I was growing up. And I got a little bit from each one of them. And one of the things I learned from Luther is just to not overdo a song. Let your voice do what it does, and you take them on a journey within the song, uh, uh, hit a, a, a peak, and back off, and just let it just ride on out. And that's what I set out to do with Ain't No Sunshine, because I wanted to be you know, respectful to the original, but at the same time, I wanted to add a little bit of something after giving them what they're used to having. And therefore, we yeah. came out with that rendition of Ain't No Sunshine. Well, it's another fabulous ride, just listening to it. I love it. You know, you have quite the story. Um, we know the story somewhat from The Voice, when you were on The Voice. And by the way, uh, you did not win The Voice that year, I don't believe, but you went on to work with Christina Aguilera and a bunch of other people as a result of that. Is correct? Yes, very much so. It was a wonderful, wonderful experience. But I got to tell you how I made it on the show. So yes, please. I was born and raised singing in church. And throughout that, well, and then I, and then I had actually, I had a contract on Underworld Capitol Records back in 95. And then I sang on the on the, the soundtrack of the Dead President's uh, film with the Hughes Brothers. But then I gave all of that up because I had a lack of understanding as to only what you do for Christ will last. And so I gave it up, and I went back to church, and I played it very safe, and I began to sing hymns. And then singing Negro spirituals, I was blessed to travel with Bishop T.D. Jakes and uh, Don Mears, uh, 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 Creflo Dollar. But first, having done all of that with my dad, Willie James Campbell, but then I got to a place where I felt like there was something more to it, and I wanted to do more. And so I was just really at a place where I just like, you know, I, until I figure out what's next, I just, you know, I'll do this a little bit here and there. But to make a long story shorter, then the economy tanked in 2008 and I had a rock bottom experience. So when I had that rock bottom experience, I was led to study the origin of my faith. And as a result, then that's when I began to really know who I am by knowing who God is. So I took the limits off of the creator and the creator took the limits off of me. And it was like, okay, now what? I was like, you know what? We got a lot of ground to cover. So Man. let's just sing a reality show. So I auditioned for all of the singing reality shows that would allow me to, because I was, I was 42 years old and they all told me no, even going to wow. other cities and re auditioning and bottom line is the well, Creator, I thank you so much for the opportunities. Thank you for the voice, uh, my voice that you've given me. But I'm just going to go back and finish my education in spiritual psychology so that I can help others not make the decisions that I made of the past that they may flourish. So uh -huh. how am I going to prove for that? I'm going to sing on Third Street Promenade, and I'll accept singing engagements for whatever people could afford. That was on a Sunday. That Wednesday, someone invited me to do a mini concert that following Sunday, and all they could afford to pay me was 75 and I'm like, oh, absolutely not. But then Source Creation reminded me, you said whatever people could afford. And I was like, oh, my God, darn, I did. Okay, fine. I showed up on that Sunday. I sang seven songs instead of four songs because of the reciprocating love. And at the end of the, sh uh, the, the service, the speaker allowed people to give into my hands on the way out the door. And I left with $780. 
Wow. I needed $1,600 for, to start school at the University of Santa Monica School of Spiritual Psychology on that following Friday. But on that Monday, the speaker called, and the speaker was Della Reese, who made a transition recently. She said, baby, I couldn't remember your name, but look, I, I, I called a friend of mine, and uh, he, he has a show called uh, 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 Voice Something, and, and, and uh, said the voice, she, that, that's it, that's it, the voice, his name is Mark Burnett, he's a son of mine, I introduced him to his wife, but look here, baby, I told him, I couldn't remember your name, but I told him about you, but I told him your name was Austin Powers, so when you when you meet him, tell him that's your stage name, but your real name is Jesse Campbell, now we need to give him some music. I rushed home, got her the music, and the very next day, the voice called me on all, contacted me on all of my social media formats, as well as email, phone, and everything. And that's how I made it on The Voice. Wow. What a story of faith. What a story of just triumph again over what could have been a tragedy. We're talking with the one and only Jesse Campbell. Of course, you probably first knew him when he appeared on The Voice. And we were just talking a little bit during that break, Jesse. Um, so Christina Aguilera is kind of one mm-hmm. of the people that uh, did not or did pick you for The Voice. And then now you're working with her? Is that how that all worked? No, no. What happened was, you know, I was very fortunate to have all four chairs turn in a very right. quick time. And I chose to go with Christina. And uh, the reason why I chose Christina uh, in part is because of our similar uh, range and, uh, and style. Mm-hmm. And uh, um, she was a, a great help in choosing, you know, the songs and things like that and we had a great relationship, a working relationship. We had fun when we were in the rehearsals, and she would suggest doing it, and I would simplify it, you know. But we had fun, and uh, but things. And throughout the show, how I made it on the show, I received that same type of favor. Till the contestants, they thought that I was some rich guy who was already uh, pegged to win. But it was mm-hmm. just favor from uh, different uh, uh, people and, and, and situations throughout my time on the show. But for whatever reason, they made the decision to introduce a rule that wasn't seen before or hadn't been seen since, which was any coach could send any person uh, uh, contestant from the team home for uh, any reason or no reason at all. And Christina chose to send me home. So I don't know what happened. But I do mm-hmm. know that even CeeLo Green uh, reached out while we were on the show. We saw him, and he said that he wanted to uh, take me to uh, lunch, but they would not allow it, you know, for whatever reason. Right. But after the show ended, when my time ended rather on the show, so did all communication. So that's basically how that happened. But, hey, when Carson Daly excuse me, put the microphone up to my face, at the end, I just, you know, spoke from the heart and I said, you know, I lived a dream because I had a singing reality show on my vision board for almost two years before um, and well, about a good year. Uh, and uh, I said, I lived a dream and how I relate to myself while in the process becomes the process. And I'm grateful. So I was grateful yeah. for that time. And I joked and said that I would be the first contestant to return as a sitting judge. Christina asked. If you were to win, what kind of artist would you be? And I said, well, 
I am. I speak in affirmations. She said, yeah, I know, I know. I love how you do that. I said, okay, cool. Well, I am an international recording artist who sings heartfelt, universal music with soul. And that was the episode that she sent me home, that they sent me home. So I don't know what happened, but it's a singing reality show. And you sign up for whatever, you know, what happens, whatever happens. And uh, but again, you know, I'm grateful that next yeah. year, 2013, I was invited to be the guest recording artist on The Voice in Vietnam, the finale mm-hmm. of their first season. But when that was all said and done, guess what? They offered me to be one of their four sitting judges. There you go. There you go. Right. What a story. And I mean, that's not, you know, you're, but your life is like that, Jesse. You were actually homeless at one point. Just talk a little bit about that. And then I want to get into talking about the Grammys before we run out of time. Sure, sure, sure. Well, you know what? Well, that situation, my dad is a bishop in Chicago. And my mom, she's a psychologist and uh, a psychiatrist. And uh, uh, I could have gone back home, but I knew that my purpose was here in Los Angeles. So I made a decision to stay here, and it was to the point where I didn't like, didn't want to continue asking people for help, for assistance. So I made a choice to sleep in my car, and that was only for about two nights at the most. Mm-hmm. That was okay. it. But you know, it's a sing reality show, and they take things and they make it more interesting. But that was the extent. I didn't have to. I was a member of Bishop Omer's church. When I finally okay. did go to Bishop Omer, <laughs> yeah, when I did go to Bishop Omer, he's the one. That was looking at me like I was crazy. You did what? What'd you do, boy? And I said, right. yeah, I, I slept in the car outside the vines. And uh, he's like, well, you're right where you're supposed to be. And I'm like, well, I don't want to hear all that. Are you going to give me some money or not? You know what I'm saying? That was just a relationship. <laughs> like, he did bless me. He did give me some money. And I was able to get on my feet. And along with a few other friends, I was able to uh, uh, get things together. So that was that. A blessing. Okay, we just finished the Grammys over the weekend. Finally, the Grammys are really recognizing rap and hip hop. Took them a long mm-hmm. time to even make it a category, but announced the huge thing because, it, of course, it sells. And so we have to be realistic about that. The other right. big controversy, apparently, uh, is because of the lack of women that receive Grammys. Well, the problem is, is that no women were nominated. I shouldn't say no women, but there were fewer women nominated uh, this year than even in the past five years when only 9% of the nominees were women anyway. As a male in the business, how do you think we need to rectify this well there are great singers and, and writers and producers they certainly need more opportunity you know i can relate to it because of my uh, uh challenge you know in being uh, a part of the industry and having been on the voice and, and jettisoned from that situation so i can relate uh, to a certain extent but opportunity is first and foremost. And then when you have the opportunity, they're doing great jobs with it, but they have to be recognized. But the thing about it, it's like it, 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 this inevitable situation is you have so many great uh, uh, um, uh, male talent that was recognized. And I just believe that because you have so many great people like a, uh, a Kendrick Lamar and, uh, and uh, so many others that did win, because we had a lack of women that were there to actually be represented. That's how they ended up being recognized. But if they had more opportunity, then I believe that the recognition would there because there are so many great exceptional singers and and um, writers and producers. But the thing about it, what I would like to add as a singer is I, mm-hmm. uh, being on The Voice 
and and have have it you know uh, um, audition for all these singing reality shows when they see African American women primarily and women in general they feel as though they have, they're about to give them more than enough because they feel like they have to uh, uh, prove themselves and I feel like if they would just get up and do what they were born to do what they know to do think less is more and let it come from within oh it's undeniable but the problem mm -hmm. is a lot of especially African American singers we overdo it and we don't have mm -hmm. to and you yes. have to think of the people who are running the industry uh, uh, most of them they are Caucasian and they don't mm -hmm. understand they can't relate to all the riffs and the runs and the dynamics and the screaming and the hollering and the growling less is more that's why I love mm -hmm. Luther Vandross that's why I love Michael Jackson because they give you what they have and they do it tastefully. And that's how and why they were so successful and accepted. So I kind of feel it's the same with the women. You think about like Pink, she did a great performance. You know, she wasn't doing a whole lot of runs and riffs and screaming, but she mm -hmm. did hit some, some powerful notes. But that's kind of, a, that's just my take as a singer. You right. know, so yeah. I, I just feel like if they have more opportunity and they really used uh, uh, efficiency in uh, uh, seizing those opportunities, then I do believe that it would be more and greater recognition. Therefore, they would receive more of these rewards. But that's my personal opinion. Well, you know what? Everybody's entitled to their personal opinion. And in many ways, I agree with you on that. And it's certainly I agree with you on the opportunity. There's never uh, as much opportunity for women. And it's always different than for men. But, hey, we are just mm -hmm. beginning this new thing. And so we're going to help hopefully change all of that. Jesse. We wish yeah. you the absolute best. I just love you. I love your music. I love what you stand for in terms of your faith. And you come back and join us anytime, okay? Well, I appreciate you and I appreciate all of the Hollywood Live listeners because we are who we are as a result of doing what we do for you for your listeners and um and and we wouldn't be where we are if it weren't for you and your listeners so thank you so very much from the bottom of my heart uh and i look forward to doing being having more to share with you and your followers because um hey again we do it for you guys jesse where can we find you these days and what's coming up next for you as well well we're going to finish up this ep we're going to do a photo shoot i have um um uh, Giafre Designs in Milan, Italy, who's styling my clothes. A wonderful photographer by the name of Richard White. So we're going to finish up the photo shoot, uh, knock out this one last song, and we will be done with this EP in a week. So look out for that, and you can stay current on what's happening. Just find me at jessecampbell.com. That's J-E-S-S-E, and Campbell like the soup. But especially on Instagram, which is Sing Jesse Sing, and I'll keep you guys current. Also, Tuesday mornings, I sing every Tuesday morning at 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time on Facebook Live. So find me, jessecampbell.com, and I'll see you there. Jesse, thank you so much. You're listening to American Urban Radio Network's Hollywood Live Extra. I'm Tanya Hart. And don't forget to subscribe to Hollywood Live Extra on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher, or any other podcast directory. Now, when you get there, make sure you download all of the shows because you don't want to miss any of them. And if you like what you hear, leave a five-star review. I'm Tanya Hart.
This is Hollywood Live Extra. Hollywood Live Extra, a product of American Urban Radio Networks.